Maradona turns like a little eel and comes away from trouble. Little squat man comes inside Butcher, leaves him for dead. Outside Panic leaves him for dead and puts the ball away. And that is why Maradona is the greatest player in the world. He buries the English defence. He picked up that ball 40 yards out. First he left one man for dead. First he went past Saxon. It's a goal of great quality by a player of the greatest quality. It's England the nil, Argentina two. The first goal should never have been allowed. But Maradona has put the seal on his greatness. He's left it pumped on this World Cup. He scored a goal that England just couldn't cope with. They couldn't face up to. It was beyond their ability. It's England nil, Diego Maradona two. Welcome to this this uh, special edition, Chronicles on the Fly, in memory of the great Diego Armando Maradona. God bless him. What a life, eh? Incredible. Incredible news to wake up to this morning. Shocked, I'm sure, the whole world, even those probably who have no interest or don't know much about football, but uh, I'm sure that you would have known the name Diego Maradona. Definitely, uh, definitely shades of... Kobe this morning where you're just like, oh shit, we've just lost one of the greatest ever. No disrespect to, to Kobe and, and those, you know, of, of his era and calibre. But for me, Diego Maradona is the greatest footballer of all time and because of that, the greatest sportsman of all time. And that's not even uh, hyperbole, all right? That's just plain fact for me. Mel, how did you... Hear about the news. Oh, I found out this morning. Uh, I got the uh, message on our on our little chat there from your brother, and uh, this morning at uh, three o'clock, mind you, when I got up um, for some because I broken sleep, and I saw the message and was like, "Wow!" And I just did not get off, and I was just doing a bit of searching online on YouTube, and brought back some great memories. Very sad. Very sad. How did you hear about it first thing, Dom? I had a, a mate. I just had some mates message. Uh, Maradona died this morning. Um, I just started just some like inst- they screenshotted some Instagram photos and started putting it up. Um, so yeah, because normally we chat about in the morning we chat about um, uh, what happened in the Champions League or something like that, and then obviously um, what happened. But uh, yeah, I don't think anyone can really. Um, uh, I don't think you'll find many people who, many soccer fans who wouldn't have been saddened today. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, for me, I uh, got up and walked into the kitchen to make my breakfast. My wife was already in there. She goes, first thing she said to me was Maradona died. And I just went, what? And then I don't think I spoke another word for a good 10, 15 minutes because I just quickly grabbed my phone and looking for confirmation and hoping that she'd got it wrong. And, yeah, I was just in a a numb daze for all that time. And, yeah, I admit I I was crying. 
that it affected me that much. He's a larger than life character, though, wasn't he? No, I could understand that because that's a lot of people's hero. Like, pretty much for you, look. I, he wasn't my hero. He wasn't even my hero. You say that, but there's not one person who grew up in the 80s watching him play soccer that doesn't say the dude was amazing. Like, you never hear anyone say he was overrated. You never hear that sentence said. It's because of my firm belief that he was the greatest person to ever play the sport that I love so passionately. And that's the that's it. That's the bottom line. Right? Oh, yeah. he, he didn't play for a team that I support whether it be Napoli or or Argentina. Um, you know, I've Barcelona. always had a, a liking for Barcelona, but I, I never, you know, that was before my time that he played for Barcelona. And, you know, I was alive, but I was too much of a, too young to to know anything about about football back then. Um, so just, you know, I've grown up with, with knowing Maradona. Like the, my first memories of Maradona, I think, are, uh, the would be the intro to football Italia on on Sunday mornings on SBS. <laughs> he because the intro was the intro was full of Maradona highlights. You know um, the free kick against Juventus inside the penalty box, the indirect free kick that he just like one step stepped into and just dinked it to the top corner. Uh, and Tacconi, the Juventus keeper, had no chance of getting it. You know that is. One of the most memorable things of Maradona ever. That was a powerful tweet from Juventus this morning, that one there. We're your fans of Italian football, and not everyone in the world watched Italian football. But I don't think anyone brought the exposure to Italian football that Maradona did. Italian football was probably already at the peak, being the great, you know, the best league in the world, with the greatest players in the world, both Italian and foreign. Then Napoli brought him in, one of the poorest clubs in the top flight in Serie A, probably the poorest club at the time, bought the uh, most expensive player in the world for the highest price ever, <laughs> I think it was. I think they broke a world record to what bring a, him what, in. What a payoff that was. And everybody thought, what a, what a waste of time. What's he doing going to a club like this? But it was the perfect move for him, for the club, for the city, for the league. And it uh, put put the city of Naples on the map and the club. Don't forget for his legacy as well, you know, what he did for that club. For both his club and his country, he dragged them almost single-handedly to title wins, you know, for, for Napoli. The 86-87 Scudetto and the 88-89 Scudetto, as well as the UEFA Cup in 1989. You know, this is a club who'd never won anything. That's also amazing when you think about it as well. Here we've got a poor kid from a working-class family in Buenos Aires. He will now have a stadium named after him in Napoli in Italy. He has a stadium halfway across the world that will be named after him. That's a legacy and a half, isn't it? That's a story. What are your first memories of Maradona? When you think what's the first time you ever came across him on TV or the first goal you remember or anything or what comes to mind first of all oh, hand of God easily the wide men have found little space in this contest it's not true of Olatico Chair at the moment but certainly it's been true of the England team haven't seen that much of Hodge or Trevor Stephen Maradona just walked away from Hoddle then Valdano They're appealing for offside. 
The ball came back off the foot of Steve Hutch. And Maradona gives Argentina the lead. The England players protesting to the referee. But the little man who started it by walking past Glenn Hoddle. That's where the ball came from Hodge. Maradona had continued the run forward. And the goal is given. Uh, what point was he offside? Or was it a use of the hand that England are complaining about? Mate, Napoli wearing that Mars top, so <laughs> The Mars top. But, but uh, any goal or any game or any incident? Any specific. I, I, mean, I, just, I just picture him, we'll always picture him, like just even watching the YouTube video of him just juggling the ball, wearing that Mars top. Amazing. Anybody listening to this, what you should do is YouTube Maradona Life is Life. And you guys probably know That's what I'm referring to. That It's a few minutes long, a video clip of Maradona warming up for a game. And don't ask me what the game was. But he's just warming up and there's, the stadium is, uh, speakers are playing this song called Life is Life. like kind of dancing along warming up with and without the ball and just it's poetry it's absolute poetry and that is the essence of Maradona along with other clips of things of what he's done, like, okay, you mentioned the hand of, hand of God. And we've talked about this before. In the same half of that game, not, let alone the same game, in the same half, he scored a goal with his hand sneakily, which was not seen by pretty much anybody <laughs> until the replays, as well as the greatest goal to this day that has ever been scored in any match anywhere, let alone in a World Cup. That Maradona has been able to do. And he's hurting England again here. It's a brilliant run. It's one of the world's great goals. This is the genius of Maradona. And we'll never see the likes of him again. Never. People compare the current day Marad- uh, Messi and Ronaldo, but nobody can drag a team to World Cup victory almost single-handedly like he did in 1986. The closest maybe anybody's come to that sort of feat is maybe Budgeot in 1994. Almost single-handedly took Italy to a World Cup, missed out on a, on a penalty shootout. But still, what Budgeot did in that World Cup still doesn't come quite close to what Maradona did in that whole 1986 World Cup in Mexico. If you think of not just the performance against England in the quarterfinal, but then the semifinal against Belgium, he scored two unbelievable goals to win that game and push them through to the final. And then in the final against West Germany, they, they went 2-0 two, two up. Germany clawed themselves back to, to all. What an astonishing comeback by the Germans who looked dead and buried 10 minutes ago. 
a flick on, and again a poacher's goal by Rudy Voller. 2-0 down, and suddenly everything has started to come right for them. And then, in the dying moments of the game, pretty much, he just set up Budochaga for, just put a through ball from midfield, sent him through on goal with, just watch that winning goal. The way he set it up, that's just burnt into my memory. I didn't see it live at the time. But, you know, this is Maradona. I grew up watching highlights of him. Now, Maradona. Touched by him, Budochaga's outside. Played outside by Rigo. And there's the reprieve for Argentina. Budochaga makes it 3-2. And there are Germans flat on the ground in utter and total despair. Played onside by Regal. Kept his head superbly as Schumacher came out. And Argentina are back in the lead. What a chaga. A turn and a little half volley pass through the whole defence puts Buruchaga one on one with the goalkeeper, and he and he puts it in, and that's it. Maradona pretty much just won the World Cup with that pass. I don't think we'll ever ever see a performance in a tournament like that ever again. We talk about Maradona's uh, dribbling ability, but his first touch when he played the give and go with Buruchaga was unbelievable. The whole place becomes supercharged every time he gets the ball and makes those diving little runs. They're leading by three goals to two. But now it's over, and Argentina are the new world champions. Three goals to two. Stewards are having a hopeless task keeping people off the pitch. Diego Maradona... Jumping around the Argentina players now in sheer delight and in sheer relief as well, you can be sure of that. They thought they'd blown it a few minutes ago and Burachaga was through to save it for them, a lovely pass from Maradona. It means, of course, that Maradona finishes the World Cup with five goals. Do you know what I think? Like, we talk about, um, you know, we often talk about old footballers. So, you know, footballers in modern era that would have done well in olden days. You know, we have that people always we always have that discussion about certain players, you know, like oh he's an old footballer, you know what I'm saying? I feel like Maradona is quite the opposite. He was a modern footballer in old times. So and everything. And I mean that in persona, in style, in in flair, in skill. Like he would have fit in in today's game. And he still would have fit in today's game. Whereas some players just like, well, they were they were better because that was the era they were in. I don't think that's the same for him. I think, and I'm talking everything. If Instagram existed in the 80s, he would have been huge. He would have been absolutely huge because that was him. He was about the show. He was about the 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 flair, about the style, about what it looked like. And I think um, he is a modern footballer that was in old times, which is the complete opposite of how we describe a lot of players. I think that. If he was playing in a in modern football today, you know today's football. Well, firstly, he wouldn't be kicked as much as he was back then because he did it on cow paddocks, getting booted the shit out of. Defenders had no mercy back then, and he was literally kicked in the ankles, in the shins. Today, you can't get away with that as a defender, 
and the quality of defend of defending is also not as good. I think that he would thrive more, okay, because of that. However, then you've got to think about would he fit into the system that is played these days? And now there's not as much leeway given for the flary player, right? There are exceptions, and Maradona would be an exception, of course. Like even even during Budgel's time, he come up against coaches who didn't want him because they wanted more of a system rather than a structure built around he, him being the central central figure, the playmaker. I think there would be that element of resistance to Maradona these days, but I think overall he would win out. His his absolute flair and skill would still win out and, and shine even more. You go back and look at like World Cups along the way and you look at teams inside the World Cups, right? I would say that there was – well, I don't know if that's just more of people just getting better. Like, that's always the case. Like, you go to even leagues now, the shittest player in one of the top leagues is still a very good player, even though he's the shittest player. That's just what it is. There's no more people that are just making up numbers. That doesn't exist anymore. Well, it's a professional league compared to what it used to yeah, be. But, that, but that's what I'm saying as well. So you don't have the ability – like, I don't think defenders are worse now. I think defenders – it's changed. It's no longer you just have to worry about man or man more than one guy. That's what it used to be like. Now it is. It's system-based. You have to understand how it works or this who's playing where. You've got to dictate. It's different style. But that's just progression of a game. That's just different. But like you were saying, I still think he would work because anyone who can hold the ball and dribble and keep it on their feet is a valuable asset in any game. Absolutely. I, I disagree that the, I think the art of defending uh, has definitely declined. I think it's different defending now. I mean, you don't have you don't have d- defenders these days of the caliber of Baresi, Maldini, or even or even like uh, I mean, I'm thinking mainly of Italian ones, obviously. But even like I don't know, Andy Bramer, you know, German. Who who are defenders of you know of this quality these days? You know, you got maybe Van Dyke's pretty good or Delict is coming up, mm. but they're still like like when, when you compare age for age. Yesteryear was far better in terms of quality of defenders. Mm. I would agree to disagree. I think defending's harder now than it ever been. The only thing that's harder is, as a striker, you're never offside anymore. But also, you don't have to worry about playing the offside trap, so you don't have to think as much either. Well, I just think now when it comes to defending, so okay, so most goals are scored from an error. Most goals are scored from an error. That's I'm pretty sure there's some statistic that shows that somewhere along the line there's an error that's caused it. Right now, mistakes were were easier to cover back in the day. Mistakes were easier to cover. You make a mistake now, people are lethal, man. Like you, you don't get, you can't recover in time. Like the amount of times you see someone make a mistake, and especially a keeper, if a keeper makes a mistake, it's almost a guaranteed goal. Uh, and that's just it's mistakes you, you can't afford them anymore. And the guys they pick now, and the best defenders, are just the ones that make the least mistakes. That's all they are. They make the least mistakes. Yeah, maybe. Because there'd be often times when you'd shank a clearance. Like how often back in the 90s would you shank a clearance and it'd be fine? And you, I used to see it all the time. Yeah, mate, not you can't do it anymore. They want you to play out from the back. You can't make those mistakes. So you know, it's all about the possession and holding on and and creating something now. So it's just more than just defending. You're expected to be able to start from the back and move forward. But that's that's 
But, that's um, evolutionary game. That, that is. That's evolution. That's always going to happen. And then probably we'll look in 30 years and say, well, back then it was better, this was better, or this guy was doing this. Who knows? That might be the case, but that's just progression. This goes back to whether we think rules should change or not. Um, something should, something shouldn't, but that's just personal preference. It's the way it is. Other memories of uh, of Diego playing against Italy, Italian 90? I'll try and, I'll, I'll try and forget that one. Oh, mate. Well. <laughs> I think the fight, the Barcelona fight, is always one that sticks in my that, mind. I do, I do like watching highlights of that uh, against was it Athletic Athletic Bilbao, I think it was. Yeah, whatever it was, and he just skitzes it and goes psycho. Yeah, I must admit, I do, I do enjoy watching that as well. That was an occasion where he was being belted, and I think he just had enough. He was getting hacked. His his Barcelona career got cut short because they had chopped him a year or so before. But anyway, they had chopped him down, and he he I don't know had. Uh, ankle injury or something, something it was. I can't quite remember. So he was he was almost a year out of the game. Then he came back and had that. Um, I think it was the Spanish Cup final that they were playing against uh, Athletic Bilbao, and he just went hell for the leather, kicking the crap out of them because he wanted to get his own back. And that was the last time he played for Barcelona. Uh, he went out on on bad terms. And they sent him off to Napoli. Larger than life character, yeah. definitely. Have you seen the Maradona f- movie that was made, I think, last year or a couple of years ago? No, still haven't watched it. Okay, well, you've got Amazon. It's on Amazon, Amazon Prime. So. Yeah, I've got Amazon. I'll jump on it's there and have a look. very good. And, you know, footage of um, that you wouldn't have seen before from when he was at uh, Napoli and when he was being introduced to this, you know, a full stadium. When he went to Na- Napoli, 70 or so thousand people came just to greet him, to welcome him. It wasn't even a game. It was just an announcement of here I am. 70,000 people in the stands to watch him come up the tunnel, juggle the the ball a few times, boot it into the crowd, wave to the crowd and walk off. Amazing. What a city. I get that though because, yeah, but not, like there's still a lot of division there as well as it is, the, the north and the south in Italy. So I can understand him going to Napoli is a very us versus them. Like this is us. This is this is what we've become now. We are now a beast. You take us on. And, man, it, it, obviously, like they're changing the name of the stadium to his name. That's What does that tell you? It still has an effect. It's 40 years later, 30 years later, sorry, and it's still going to change his name. Yeah, I was listening to the radio this morning, did, uh, and they're talking about what's your memory of Talkback Radio. What's your memory of Diego? What station are we talking about here? It was uh, six PR this morning. They're talking about yeah. They're talking about Diego and how like like can you like what have you related to Diego? And the people are talking to talking what do you relate to Diego? And the guy goes, I was in the guy said he was in uh, in Naples in nineteen ninety at the World Cup and he was at a restaurant. Has been served by the waiter, and the guy goes, "Oh, you ready for the game tonight? You going for Italy?" He goes, "No, no, I'm going for Diego." The waiter said this. The waiter, yeah. Well, this is a, a common thing, and you know, this is one of the themes in in the Maradona movie, which you absolutely have to watch. Um, he split Napoli in half in a way because when they come mm-hmm. up to the semi final, being played in Naples of all places, God knows how that happened. You know, Italy against Argentina. He played the media perfectly by saying in the media to the Napoli fans, Italy never 
has your back. You know what I mean? They don't regard Naples as Italian until they need you now because, you know, you're playing, Italy's playing in in Napoli against us. So that's, you know, more or less what he said, you know, because I don't know why. It's just some sort of racism that goes on over there. Uh, towards North versus South rivalry still exists. Yeah, but but really um, concentrated against Naples, and maybe it comes down to the the general poverty in the area, the the Camorra. isn't it the biggest city? So it would be one of the biggest cities in the south. Well, it's, of it's, it'd Italy, be the though. biggest city in the south of Italy, but it's probably up there with being one of the biggest cities in Italy too. But in terms of the south, but that would be well, really what's the next one? Palermo. Somewhere in Sicily, it'd probably be Palermo. It'd be Palermo, so I'd say. It'd be the next one. Yeah. Bari will be pretty big. I think Palermo is quite big. They're the, they're the biggest city without a team in the Serie A. I'm pretty sure Palermo. I mean, yeah, it's just a, it's an amazing story. You know, you got the star players now only play at star clubs, right? Messi's only been at Barcelona. Ronaldo's, you know, Manchester United, Real Madrid, Juventus. Just what's there's there's no equivalent of of a star player since Maradona. I don't can't think of any who've gone to such a a lowly cup. Well, Budjo, okay, because Budjo went to you know places like Bologna, uh, Brescia, where he still deserved to be in the national team. Uh, you know, dragging those dragging those clubs along. Those those lowly clubs, and the reason was because he would he didn't fit into the system of the you know Juventus Inter Milan clubs, you know the the top clubs where he where he should have been playing. He is honestly he's probably Argentina's Shane Warne. He can do anything bad, right? And everyone will still love him. Well, he has done <laughs> far and, and much worse. He's exactly the same. That's, that's what I'm saying. He's he can do whatever he wants, and he's still loved. Look at 1978, you know, the World Cup in Argentina. He was, I think he was the last player cut before the final squad was was picked. Um, you know, and and I think he always had a grudge that he wasn't picked for that, uh, that tournament. Um, but I think he was considered too young and in- inexperienced. Now how old would he have been then? Uh, 18. Well, because he was born in 1960, yep. Uh, probably probably seventeen because he's born October thirtieth, and that would obviously the World Cup was around June July, so he hadn't even turned eighteen yet. So he would have been seventeen and a half playing at his, at a home World Cup. Everyone knew that he was the up and coming star, but it was just you know a year or two too soon for him, I suppose. But then eighty two, he was the star, but he ruined his World Cup uh, in the eighty two Spain World Cup. Because he uh, in the second round group against Brazil, which Brazil beats them, Brazil beat Argentina three one. He kicked a player, started a player, and got sent off, and that was the end of his eighty two World Cup. And then eighty six was it. He was the actual the man. Uh, he was playing for Napoli at that point. He had just won the the Scudetto for Napoli, went off to the World Cup, won the World Cup and came back to Naples, uh, absolute worldwide superstar. 86 was, was that Mexico again, wasn't it? That was Mexico, yeah. And it was meant to be Colombia, wasn't it? Yeah, it was meant to be Colombia. Colombia. It would have been very interesting if that World Cup was in Colombia. Who was that? Well, Maradona did have a, um, a habit of partying. 
I don't think at that point he was into it. No, I think it was after that. Would have been interested to see what would have ever happened. Those uh, sliding doors moments. If it's not in Mexico and then they played it. Because in Mexico, they love him too. He went back and coached in Mexico. Well, that's another thing. On Netflix, there is a, uh, I think it's like an eight-part series about what's called Maradona in Mexico. And that's only recent. Yeah, like that was last Mexico. year or so. Because yeah. he was yeah. coaching a, a small team there. And I haven't watched that one, but, but I'm going to watch it now. Yeah, like Mexico, he's like a god as well. Well, it's where he performed his greatest ever feats. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, sliding doors moment. It wasn't even meant to be in Mexico. It was meant to be in Colombia. I mean, I don't think where the World Cup was would be a factor on whether he was going to fall uh, you know, to to drugs or not. I mean, he, he's Maradona. He's the greatest known sportsman or footballer, at least, in the world at that time, uh, which, well, basically, if you are the best, if you're the most well-known footballer, you're the most well-known sportsman, put it that way. So he could have got drugs anywhere he wanted. <laughs> it didn't have to be in Colombia or, or not Colombia. True. I always wonder that, though, because I'm pretty sure like, Colombia's definitely got um, – like the geography of South America is interesting because a lot of players struggle in different areas. So like, you know, you take your Bolivias and your Perus where people can't even, they're not even allowed to play competitive matches in those areas anymore because they're too high above sea level. So Bolivia doesn't play in La Paz anymore? No, you're not allowed to play competitive World Cup qualifiers or whatever in those countries. Anything above 3,000 metres, I think. Well, La Paz is pretty high, so. Yeah, it's four and a half thousand. Mexico, because Mexico as well has one stadium that's above as well. That's why I'm saying it's very interesting to see because those South American, like Argentinians generally struggle in Colombia. They struggle in Colombia, they struggle in Peru, they struggle in – because they don't have that um, – they didn't have that um, acclimatization to the, 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 you know, the, the higher points, you know. But a lot of countries struggle. There's a reason that they say that um, you're supposed to allow a month there before you do it. Going back to uh, Italia 90, we've quickly started. Let's, let's finish on Italia 90. Um, so, yeah, Italy, you know, our Italy came up against Maradona in, of all places, Naples. Now, he, he wasn't a standout in the tournament. However, he still had the presence, right? And, and just his mere – and Argentina weren't a great team by any means. They were quite an average team, but they were tough as nails, okay? And really that's what got them over the line. I think they managed to get to penalties or Italy managed to get to penalties against them, whichever way you want to look at it. The game went to penalties and, you know, really Maradona's penalty against Italy was probably the decisive one, even though it wasn't the last one because it still needed, uh, you know, Serena from Italy to miss, but Maradona scored their final penalty. So he really drove a nail in in that game. So from because of that because of that I hated Maradona. But he was hard to hate fully because of how amazing he was. Yes, I do remember that one. Aldo Serena. Jeez. Bring bring back some bad memories there. Since then I've had a, a love hate relationship with Maradona because of all the failures of Italy at World Cups, that's the one that stings the most because that's my first memory of Italy, of an Italian World Cup, right? Italia 90. And that amazing team, right? Just a a beautiful team full of my my main heroes, I suppose. And Maradona 
you know, it was a large contributor to, to ending that dream of Italy winning the World Cup in Italy. But I think the, the, the love for him has definitely outweighed, you know, my, uh, my hatred of him. And the hatred of him is just a sporting hate because of that, because of that penalty shootout, you could say. Yeah. See, because that hatred, I never had that hatred because I was only two years old in the 1990 World Cup. So, you know, to me, it wasn't there, right? So, but do you know my, do you know my first probably like my moment like that, um, not that it was against any one player, but very vividly annoyed was 2002, that shambles of a World Cup. Where it was just remember that one? It was just rather not talk about that one either. Just those shambles, because you talk about that moment. You know those moments that you remember when you're young. It's your first memory of a, like a a moment happening in the World Cup, like the first thing that kind of hooked you. And I was like, you have those moments. And to me, like I, I remember '98. I remember getting up and I was watching Italy against. I actually think one of my first memories is that handball. Remember Budgel got that handball when he came on in '98. And he scored a penalty and we ended up drawing with Chile, I think it was. Yes. I think that was the first game. But that's my first World Cup. But the first one I was truly invested, now you say that, for me, is 2002 when I was 14 years old, I think it was. That one there probably gripped me. Like I say, I understand how 1990 has that effect on you because you would have been, what, 12 years old? All right. Final word on the great Diego Maradona. A sad day. But uh, I suppose we are lucky that we have that much. We have enough footage that I don't think he'll ever be forgotten. Mel, well, I'd say um, they say uh, heroes get remembered, but legends never die, and I think that's quite fitting for him because he will his legacy will never die. He will go down as one of the greatest. He will always. I think he'll still be the greatest. When you always talk about the greatest footballer, well, I'd say uh, Maradona. If you talk about the greatest Formula One driver, I'd say Eden Senna. The greatest basketballer, Michael Jordan. The greatest boxer, you know, Muhammad Ali. And that's just how it is. Okay, I don't think there's much to dispute there. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what tribute they do. Uh, Napoli's next game which is at home against my Roma of all teams so that will be very interesting uh-huh. um, and it's unfortunate there's not going to be any crowd there did they do they did a tribute the other um, this morning for him for the Champions League uh, I think Napoli plays tonight no 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 for the other team I think the they other team did, did uh, one minute silence that was just one minute silence that's all, okay. that's all yeah uh, yeah, so, but on the man himself, uh, a flawed genius who changed the game, who dragged the game along with him. He dragged the teams along that he played for with him to uh, the highest of heights. And um, I don't think we will ever, ever see the likes of him again. Uh, there is no comparison to be made. Diego Maradona was, is, and always will be the greatest footballer and sportsman ever to live. So we'll go out on that. Yep. All right, guys. Good word, Simon. See you, fellas.